listener-supported KTOO. Welcome to Juno Afternoon, broadcasting live from the homelands of the Occoquan, or on demand as a podcast. It's first Friday, February 2nd, and I'm your host for today, Andy Klein. Thanks for joining the conversation. Well, we all know that Juno is full of talented people, but now is the chance to prove it. With the seventh annual Juno's Got Talent, we're going to talk to the organizers about the upcoming extravaganza. Then it's first Friday for the rest of the show, and we're going to talk to photographer Terry Tibbet. She's here to talk about her show at the Davis Gallery over at the Jack and the custom Valentines that are waiting for you at the Juno Artist Gallery. Thanks to artist and typist Tina Halverson. We'll find out all about that really interesting artistic expression. That's all ahead today. I hope you'll join me. And the weekend weather, scattered flurries and snow showers tonight and snow tomorrow are expected. And then a mix of snow and maybe a little bit of rain expected on Sunday and more snow predicted for the beginning of next week. And speaking of weather and things that predict the weather, Puxatani Phil is in the news. Let's hear about it right now on Sounds Wild. <whistles> Sounds wild. Hi, I'm Riley Woodford for the Alaska Department of Fishing Game. Groundhogs are marmots, one of three kinds of marmots found in Alaska. February 2nd is Groundhog Day, which some Alaskans celebrate as Marmot Day. Groundhog Day falls halfway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. Groundhog Day has its origins in the pagan festival of Imbolc, which celebrates the lengthening days and the early signs of spring and also in ancient European weather lore, where midwinter behavior of some animal, usually a badger or a bear, indicates how much longer winter will last. The American holiday originated in the mid-1800s in central Pennsylvania among German immigrant farmers. The annual celebration in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, is the best known and the largest gathering of Groundhog Day fans in the U.S., Those Pennsylvania groundhogs might actually peek out of their burrows in midwinter, but Alaska's groundhogs and marmots definitely do not. They are hibernating, and they are serious hibernators. A hibernating groundhog drops its body temperature to 35 degrees, barely above freezing, reduces its respiration to one breath per minute, and its heart rate to just four beats per minute. For Sounds Wild, I'm Riley Woodford. Support for Juno Afternoon comes from Heritage Coffee Roasting Company, providing Juno with locally roasted coffee for over 40 years, with cafes and drive-thru locations throughout Juno. More at heritagecoffee.com. KTOO would like to acknowledge that we broadcast from the homelands of the Akhwan. The Clean AD have stewarded this area for thousands of years. Today, our studios sit on a spot once part of the Tidelands, now covered over with buildings, roads, and parking lots. We recognize those families who travel to and from these tidelands to fishing and hunting grounds and to gatherings in other villages and still cherish it as an important part of their way of life for today and for future generations. Hanson Gress, Ka eat with the shu yi we kashuk a yi tin. Jin kat ka kei jin tauk anakaya ha anikak gunish cheese. 
That's the 50th anniversary of KTOO this February and all through 2024. We're celebrating the 50th anniversary. And you can join in on the celebrations by giving a remembrance of something that you remember about either interacting with or listening to KTOO. You want to find out more information about how to submit that, just go to KTOO.org. We're looking for submissions of about a minute to three minutes long. And speaking of which, Joe Ver is a longtime listener, and he has this reflection. I started listening to K2 in the fall of 1981 because KJNO changed their format. It took a while to get accustomed to listening to a station that didn't offer music all the time, but did offer different programs, which I soon got to like and love. I really enjoyed Morning Edition with Bob Edwards during the weekdays, and it was something to listen and to enjoy when getting ready for work every day. I really liked it when he interviewed Red Barber every Friday morning. And then in the mid-90s, before one of the World Series, he did a special with Red, and I was able to call in and ask Red about the effect TV had with broadcasting games versus radio. Red said, TV helped bring the game to more people. It was a great moment. And when I received Christmas cards that winter, I had a few friends from the lower 48 tell me they heard me on the radio that fall. Switching to K2 has been a blessing. Happy 50th anniversary, K2, and keep up the great programming, both local and national. You're listening to Juno Afternoon from Studio 2K at KTOO. I'm your host, Andy Klein. With me next, we heard the Let's Dance. Well, the executive director of Juno Dance Theater is here, Bridget Luhan. Bridget. Hi, Andy. How are Thanks you? Thanks for having me. Always great to see you. <laughs> and um, big endeavor that you guys take on every year is this show, this extravaganza, Juno's Got Talent, the seventh annual Juno's Got Talent coming up tomorrow night. Yep. And Juno's got so much talent. <laughs> we. Uh... <laughs> I saw the rundown on the poster of all the different people who are the finalists. It's, it's so cool because... Um, Obviously, Juno Dance Theater puts this on, so dance can be part of it. You think about, uh, obviously, singing is so often a part of talent shows. But then there's all this other stuff, too. Roblin Gray Davis is on there. Right. Great clowning right. and all that terrific stuff. So, so many different things. Let's go. Let's talk a little bit about some of the different acts that people will We'll, we'll see and we'll kind of highlight the acts. Sure. We've got some good variety this year and uh, some some repeat contestants from previous years who have just upped their game a bit and they're uh, coming back to give another give another go at it. But uh, we've got Samara Pongo. She's a, a contemporary dancer. She choreographed her own piece this year. Oh, very year. cool. So that's really interesting. So, yeah. And um, wow, that's, a, that's such a cool thing that people, you know, that is such a, you obviously coming from a dance perspective, obviously choreography. The choreography associated with different types of music is such a key thing, but something that's hard, it might be hard to appreciate in a way, right? I I think so. And as you know, it's one thing to learn a step and perform it with precision and polish and be entertaining. And there's there's that component, but then there's also the artistry. I mean, you have this young artist who uh, aspires to be a professional dancer. She's got, you know, she's got the, the, um, 
the understanding of the emotion and the expression that she's going to convey through her through her own dance. And so working on that. And then I think uh, Flor Delino, our director, uh, Flor Delino's worked with the artists along the way here and provided some guidance. So, um, you know, things, directory things, yes. <laughs> intention. I worked and with motor- him yeah. <laughs> on a wearable arts. I worked with him in a couple of different sure. things. But I worked, sure. And this, I think this, in some ways, these are similar types of events sure. in a way, right? Coordinating a lot of people who are really volunteers and essentially, or com, you know, competitors exactly. or entrants, and then, but maybe some you know different levels of polish, yeah, right? He's, in he's the different co- in the different people, right? For sure, he's been coaching them along the way a bit, um, and uh, so in addition to Samara, we've got another dance uh, group, and that's the Daughters of the New Moon, the belly oh, dancers. Yeah, always, I, they've been around. Crowd pleasers, great, very much so, and, and very different, I mean, right, Especially for Juno, what right. a cool thing to have happen in Juno, right? So we've got those two acts. You mentioned Roblin and Darius. They have a, a clown act that, oh my gosh, we're just the audience was in stitches last year. It was just so well done. You know, they're they they're they've been they've been to clown school. They, I oh, mean, you they, talk about they're craft. the real deal. Yeah, and really, it's it's not yeah. easy. And to make it look easy, any kind of phys- physical comedy in that way is just so challenging. And so they bring their best game. Uh, D-Loading, that's a, a young artist. He's actually, I think, about to sign or has recently signed his own label. Um, uh, he's a rap artist, cool. a solo rap artist. Um, Ruth Gentry's a soloist. First time out. She's never performed before, to my knowledge. And she's been working on her song. So, yeah, wow. we've got we've got some fresh faces, some newbies. Crowd's going to be behind her all the way. <laughs> I think so, right? too. It <laughs> yeah. takes so much courage oh to put yourself out there. And like, I mean, the worst that could happen, I suppose, is you get booed off the stage or I mean, that <laughs> no. doesn't happen on our watch. So. <laughs> but but, you know, that that emotional. She um, knows a very yeah, uh, forgiving we're pretty forgiving audience. and encouraging. <laughs> yes. So that's another thing we like about this event is it's such a good platform to just put yourself out there and and see what happens because yeah. nothing bad happens by helping because at the end of the day Juno's got talent is a fundraiser it's 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 our signature uh, fundraising event for the year so so many of these artists I mean they don't necessarily have an affiliation with JDT or the dance community at all but it's a platform for them to come share their craft and uh, and do some good for have for fun, Juno dance perform, theater try so, something out and then yeah. it's all for a great cause yeah yeah uh, all so going then, yeah all goes towards juno dance unlimited uh or, yeah juno dance theater there, um, no that's juno okay yep. we changed our name oh yep. i don't know like 10 years ago i know but i can <laughs> never you know old dogs man it's the truth <laughs> but <laughs> i'm hearing all these commercials you know the 50th anniversary well jdt is about to have their 50th anniversary so um oh, cool. you know i feel for the, for the people who are around for the first 40 years of that <laughs> and knew us as juno dance unlimited um we, we, yeah we're very forgiving about that um <laughs> So, yeah, just running down the list here, we've got um, Colin Rose. Gosh, he's such a unique artist. And I, I've learned to appreciate that he's a, me- a death metal vocalist. Oh, well. Yeah. Does he do Cookie Monster <laughs> or is he scree- scree- screechy? You know, no, it's Cookie Monster. De- yes. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. oh, right? I know about Cookie Monster <laughs> I- <laughs> singing. That's oh, amazing. So, he's back and we just we just love working with him. I'm so, just so humble and um, just generous with their 
their with their time and their talent. Um, I feel like I need a throat lozenge after oh, you know, it, listening. <laughs> but well, it's a genre of music, but it's exactly it's it's, it's always there. You know, metal in general has always has never gotten the respect it really deserves but it's such a long has such longevity yeah it's such yeah. a long lasting uh form of music and uh and a lot of that has developed outside of the US a lot of that stuff right. has developed in nordic countries and stuff but it's a really it's definitely right. an art form that's, that's very specific and yeah. colin colin has learned and studied and um and and shared that same sentiment when he yeah. filled out his little uh questionnaire um he's like you know people really have to want to understand what this is otherwise they just think it's a bunch of screaming so um <laughs> so that'll definitely get the crowd going mason simono is a singer um elani mateo she's a vocalist and guitar player uh she's a middle schooler so we've got some young people in the Great. show jaylen and jonathan they're a duo uh, i believe they're in high school um i think they're singing a show tune of some sort and then who else oh and then diamond dollar entertainment dde they they've been around they have opened many shows in Juno. They're established. They have a label. They've got you know multicultural hip hop artists and just all kinds of um, fun energy there. Uh, so yeah, and Pajama Cat Sharks. I think that was the last okay. one I missed. Uh, they're uh, the band that they participated last year as well. Cool. Uh, it's Crystal Rose and Justin Miller and um, I can't Landon Lake and I uh, can't remember the other person's okay. Anthony Williams. I think. But anyway, they're out there. Uh, they picked up a fourth member. Since last year, and they'll come do a pop song, and again, a crowd pleaser gets the audience going, and and yeah, so it's a it kind then, of how how does it and, then, and then you've got a you've got a a bank of judges right. who sit there with with their judgmental faces, <laughs> right? And they look and they don't they don't crack a smile. They don't even no. But uh, so the panel of judges then each. Gets to votes in the. Is there also an audience participation yeah, part of it too? Yeah. So along anybody who's been around for a while probably remembers um, who's your diva from Juno Lyrica Opera. We kind of borrowed the element of the money part, um, given that it's a fundraiser. We try to generate a little bit more money in the room, um, more contributions. So we let the audience vote with their dollars. Ah, I see. And then just uh, straight up bribery. Just straight up. Just, yep. Let's yep. Just get it out in the open. <laughs> uh, then then there's. <laughs> a formula. We we um, we add up all the money that's uh, donated to each act. We add it up. We add it to the judges' numeric score. So the judges have a rubric and um, numeric scoring that they're providing, and then the audience is voting with their dollars. But it is a formula, so you can't just get. Grandma and Grandpa to come and write a big check and buy you the title. Right. <laughs> you have to have the um, the audience dollars is effectively the seventh judge. So we've got six humans, and then the seventh is the the um, the money component. So okay, um, cool. you got to have both. You got to have the judge scores and and the money from the audience to win. And let's talk about the fundraising part of it too. So there's also yeah. like. Does, is there like a auction component, things like that? You're or? so good. Thank you for that. You just like roll it right out there for me. <laughs> yeah. <My job. laughs> uh, we we generally so uh, as as I mentioned, Juno's Got Talent. The event is part of our operating budget. It's it's our signature fundraising event for Juno's Got. Uh, excuse me for Juno Dance Theater. And within the event, we we have an auction, and we typically designate the auction proceeds to a specific something we 
designated, we've designated to scholarship funds and to other things. This year we have a dessert auction and the proceeds from the dessert auction is going to help fund our new floor, which we so very much need, a new dance floor in the studio. Um, we have a second space in Lemon Creek that we acquired in 2021 and it's laminate over concrete. It is not great. <laughs> it's terrible. It's slippery. It's dinged up and disintegrating. It's impossible to keep clean. It's and is hard a wood on the floor knees. The yeah. thing that you're going for, like a hardwood floor? Actually, dance floor kind of no. Or? There's a this, this industry specific flooring. It's a it's called a sprung floor. So it's like uh, two layers of something. Sometimes it's plywood and sometimes composite or some other uh, substance. And then in between, there's the cushion part. So sometimes it's foam. I've heard that uh, when you have to when you make your own, you you use tennis balls, <laughs> but yeah, there's a, so some layer so of it's sort of a, cushion. it's got a springy feeling to it. When right. You're well, dancing on it different than say a gymnastics floor that is truly a spring floor with bounce, right. a sprung floor. And I, I've had to learn a lot about this over the years <laughs> as we were applying for grant funding and, and whatnot, but a sprung floor doesn't have bounce. But it has the give that so when you're landing your leaps and your jumps, you've got um, you've got the shock absorption. I see, yeah. And then there's a vinyl covering that uh, that's known as Marley and uh, that lays over top of the sprung floor. So those components plus the shipping, uh, it's it's tens of thousands mm -hmm. of dollars mm -hmm. for us to get this new floor. We've been working on it. Well, I think since before I was the executive director, we've been trying to get a new floor. Um, so we do have a grant from the Rasmussen Foundation that we were awarded in October. And I've sent that money off uh, as a deposit. And we're just trying to fundraise this last uh, last bit, about another 10000 to go for um, to get the well, rest of the payment. Yeah, we're getting Project close. Project is actually <laughs> yeah, in the works and looks like it's 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 going to happen. Yeah. yeah, we That's like great. to, we're hoping to install it in the month of June. That's when we uh, were busy with Fine Arts Camp at that time. So nothing's going on in the studio. We can get the floor going in time for our summer intensive program in July, which is uh, another big program for us. Nice. Big names. So. Well, that's, that's awesome. Now, what yeah. else is that? We've got, so let's just cover, Juno's Got Talent. It's happening tomorrow night. It's at the Jack. Doors open at 6, and the show starts at 7. Tickets are $30 still in advance? Can yeah. still go in advance? Yep, till about 3 o'clock tomorrow, I think, is when the online sales close. And then if we're not sold out, they'll be available at the door uh, for Juno, 35. Junodance.org is the place to go. Junodance.org is a place to go. And uh, mm -hmm. and then $35 at the door if you don't uh, if you don't hit your deadline of, of getting that ahead of time. Right. And um and then of course there's lots of opportunities to also contribute in a really fun way during the proceedings as well, either through auction, dessert auction, or even through um, contributing as a moneyed judge. Oh. <laughs> right, the moneyed judge. Right. Uh, so yeah, the the votes uh, by way of money, you can either stuff m your dollar bills in the in what we have a, a talent wall with a box for each contestant, and uh, you can put your money in there. We also have dancers that emerge into the aisles after each act with their <laughs> butterfly nets to uh, kind of like you know. 
Kind of like the church tithings, I right. suppose, you know, <laughs> passing the baskets. <laughs> uh, but you can box, vote yeah. for your favorite act that way. We also, if you want to buy a bunch of votes ahead of time in the form of a ticket, we've got little tearaway tickets that we'll sell um, oh, cool. in, in batches that you can distribute throughout the night, however you want to. And it's it's not working with cash. So you can run your credit card for that. Well, what else we is got- happening with Juno Dance Theater? You've got some other stuff coming up here. Yeah, uh, just today, actually uh, tonight, if flights are doing what they're supposed to, uh, we have a guest choreographer coming to town. His name is Serkan Usta. He is uh, he and his wife own a ballet school in Des Moines, Iowa. He is going to be setting, uh, well, first, his first order of business is to be one of our judges at Juno's Got oh, Talent right. tomorrow. Okay. But then for the next two weeks, he, along with our artistic director, Zachary Hench, will be setting Alice in Wonderland, the story ballet. That's what we'll be doing for our spring showcase in April. Uh, it's a huge undertaking. Um, you know, we have to rent the backdrops. We've got scenery. Right. We've got to rent the costumes or build them if we if we need to build them. Uh, so much to do. It's a cast of about sixty five. And um, wow, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it Looks is like a Cecil B. DeMille <laughs> production or something. So, <laughs> so this is a version of the story ballet. Of course, every choreographer comes up with their own brand of, of, of whatever that, you know, whatever they want and, and they call it whatever they want. But this, this particular version of Alice in Wonderland will look similar. You'll see recognizable characters. Alice is going to look like what you see in the images of, you know, from Disney and other places, but, um, Tom Petty makes it. <laughs> no. That's, that was just right. One of the parents asked before they decided if their child would participate, they asked if it was maybe the Tim Burton version oh, of Alice yeah. in Wonderland. Oh, I'm like, right. mm, nope, that's not what it is. But it's good to know. You know, it's good to ask those questions for sure. But right. uh, this is going to be a wonderful, family-friendly, um, great introduction to ballet for students who've never seen ballet or me- never participated in a ballet. Uh, that's coming up. Uh, April 19th through the 21st at the Juno Douglas High School Very Auditorium. Cool. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. And then anything else? Uh, anything else? I know you wanted to mention. Well, yeah, we've got, uh, we'll be opening registrations for our summer programs later in the spring. We've got Fine Arts Camp that runs the whole month of June. We've got an advanced ballet summer intensive in July and August. Some big names come in here. Anyone who ever saw the movie Center Stage uh, back in 2000, the stars of that show, that movie are, are coming to teach. Ethan Stiefel, uh, Jillian Murphy, who's a principal ballet dancer with American Ballet Theater. We just huge, huge names in ballet are coming to teach our students in the month of July and beginning of August. So all um, kinds of stuff. All because, yeah, yeah, we just have done. I credit our artistic director Zach has just uh, got a a depth and a network of professionals that he's worked with in his professional career, and um, you know some of the things that he's brought to to Juno Dance Theater since taking over as artistic director. It's been a gosh, he took over in 2015. So um, the school's just doing amazing, hard, challenging, high quality. Um, things and endeavors and performances. And it's, the community benefits as a result. I think Amazing so. Stuff. I agree. Well, Juno's Got Talent is a great way to have an incredibly fun time while raising funds for the Juno Dance Theater. It's happening tomorrow night. It's at the Jack. It's at uh, 6 o'clock is when the doors open and the show starts at 7. It's $30 in advance if you go to uh, junodance.org or at $35 at the door. And uh, it's going to be a blast and uh, Bridget Luhan, who's the executive director from Juno Dance Theater, thanks so much for coming in. So good to see you and uh, have a great talent 
talented Juno's Got Talent, talented night. Thanks so much, Andy. <laughs> Appreciate it. I don't have, don't have that talent. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Juno Afternoon from Studio 2K at KTOO. I'm your host, Andy Klein. And joining me next, a person of many, many talents, Terry Tibbet. And today we're talking to you about the part of your talent that concentrates on photography. Hi, Terry. How are you? Pretty darn good. Good. Thanks. So you've been doing, how long have you been doing photography sort of, I guess, sort of seriously as something that you really are concentrating on somewhat? Well, since I was 10. Oh, okay. I, I mean, yeah. I was serious when I was 10. Yeah. So, and I had a, I got, had one of those brownie cameras, you know, and <laughs> I just remember it being the thing I just loved to do was go take photographs. I mean- Did you I, develop film as well? No. Yeah. Well, I have. Uh-huh. And I, I've taken classes and I've done that over the years, but when I was 10, not of course when you're 10, not. Right, yeah. This little black and white square, you know, I remember photos. Yeah. And I, I still have like albums full of pictures I took when I was- you know, a yeah. teenager. So, and when you were doing that work when you were ten, you were. Do you look back and feel like you can see where you were developing your perspective, developing your eye composition, things like that? Yeah, I do. I, and I, I painted. I my bachelor's degree was, um, art, you know, arts related. I've always done. This is art. all besides the roller derby. We're yeah, not even going to yeah, get into that. That's another topic. But no, I've, I, I've always had an artist's eye, I think. You yeah, know, I mean, that's yeah. kind of how I see it. But I remember using those photographs when I was a kid to illustrate books that I was writing. Oh. You know? So multimedia, you know, stuff even back then. So, so you were writing a book and you would you go out and take the photo first or how would it oh, either either I or direction? I can't or, really remember yeah, the right. process. I just remember illustrating my own books yeah. with photos and drawings oh, that's too. Cool. So. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. And now going from that as a child and thinking about it, and it's kind of just always been with you. I've always been kind of the artist type. People might know me in yeah. town as a musician sure. doing music, but um, I'm a writer too. And I've, I'm working on some stuff right now, getting mm-hmm. published here and there. Cool. And, you know, just art, just the arts, yeah. of, you know. All, all of it is so something. So this show, this this photography show, does it concentrate on a certain period of time? Yes, because okay. So what it's what it is, it's called North and South, or it's called Norte y Sur, which means North and South in Spanish. And of course, uh, half the photographs were taken in Alaska, and the other half were taken in Mexico. And um, I spent I. I now I've retired from my day job, so I'm doing art full time. Congratulations! <laughs> and, and I am work. I spend a lot of time in Mexico. I'm working on a novel down there, but I take a lot of photographs when I'm down there, and I t- I always take a lot of photographs when I'm here. And my style is more like abstract, like finding the abstract in in nature or on the street, like a, a close up of a bunch of lines or a close up of some bricks that make an interesting pattern. And so if you go to the show, you can see a lot of my photos are close-ups of things that are just kind of, in my mind, have an interesting composition or an interesting color scheme or something. And when you're hanging these sort of thematically, are you hanging them thematically to show composition similarities or are you hanging them norte versus sur kind of? Uh, Norte versus sur. The if you go in the show, it starts. If you're, it's at the Gal- Davis Gallery at Centennial Hall. So if you go in and you look at it, and it's interesting. That's a very interesting question because I had some friends that were helping me hang it, and we were um, like, "How are we going to do? How do, you know how <laughs> how to do this?" So I decided the fir- from the right, it starts with all the Alaska photographs, 
and then it bleeds into the Mexican photograph, the oh. f- photographs from Mexico. So it starts, it, it is left and right, um, or right and left, I should say. And it is, um, the thing about it is that it's got um, a weird, well, you'll see, just go see it. It's, it's, <laughs> no, it, it, explain it's it. Hung, explain it's, it to the well, listeners. Come in, on now. It's, it's hung in kind of a weird way. It, and and we just, we took uh, artistic license in the way we hung it. And it's not that weird. I mean, people are going <laughs> to sure, go, what's right. weird? This isn't weird. But to me, you know, we just winged it. And yeah, it's so it, it's pretty visual in that sense. Well, it's it's an interesting thing to think about and to experience when you're an artist which is the way that showing your art affects the interpretation of your art. You know, you take a photo and that in and of itself is a is an art work if if that's what you're intending it. And that can be artwork just seen on its own. But then when it's hung with in thematically or with other things, it's sort of conveying another message. In other words, the context it creates an artistic opportunity too. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess but, so. Yeah, yes. Like the, the surrounding context. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's what I was trying to say is that it's hung in a in a it's got a little bit of a, um you know, artistic flair the way it's hung so. Yeah. And um um what was the what was the kind of spark of inspiration to lead you to want to approach this theme of north versus south north I know that you are spending time in both areas, but uh, what made you think I'd really like to convey to people what these different um, experiences are like? Um, that's a good question. I I think it's because I had so many photographs from Mexico that I wanted to show, but I didn't want to do a, um, like Terry Tibbet shows Mexico. Right. I didn't want to do that. So I wanted to do... I. I've done shows here before. The Arts Council sponsored one of my shows about, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. Um, and it was called um, Sketches in Light. And then I had another show at somewhere else. So the Silver Bowl Gallery, and that was called uh, Time for Rain. And when it came time to name this show, again, I didn't want it just to be Mexico. I wanted it to be both. I wanted an opportunity sh- to show the Mexico slides, but kept the Alaska. So that's where the theme... I, it, Norte is kind of thrown in there. It, it's really, I wanted it to be a sewer sure, a show. Oh, but, okay. But Norte was thrown in there to make it not just a Mexico show. <laughs> okay. So, if that explains it. <laughs> yeah. And I, just for background too, I have had two photographs hanging in the Alaska Positive show in the past. Well, actually three altogether. So in the first show that it hung, oh my, I'm talking like 90s. Um there were two photographs that went around the state. You know, yeah, it was very, a jury, jury quite exp- a, exhibition. Quite an honor. Yeah. And then another time, another photograph got got in, got accepted yeah. and went. So I, I have a little bit of a reputation That's with, great, yeah. with photographs. You know, speaking of that sort of working through the years, obviously it's gone from film to digital. I'm assuming you're working in digital now, of <laughs> I'm course. working on my phone. Yeah, I use Is my that, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, I use my iPhone. And I'm, you know, I've, I've never spent money on expensive equipment. I just have never had the money to do it. And it's easier just to now it's just easy. And the phone, the phone photograph, the phone camera is good enough. You know, I know I could do better. You know, I know these photographs could be better if I had all the equipment, but I'm too lazy. (laughs) Just, just snap and go. It's not, it's not the, it's not what it's not the thing that motivates you as an artist, that precision and all that no, stuff. No, yeah, it's, right. the, it's the image without right. a doubt. I see things all day long 
And I'm constantly pulling my my phone out and taking pictures of things constantly. Do you think you see the world in a way differently than most people, or do you think you're just taking the time to show it? I I just I don't I think we all see the world differently, each of us. So to answer that, I'd say that I just see it the way I see it, yeah. and I take the pictures that I like. You know, that's one thing I've learned over the years is I am not in any way trying to like live up to some ideal as far as like what you're taught in school about composition or color or contrast or anything. I just, I'm so lazy that I just take what I want. I take a picture <laughs> of what I want. This theme that keeps coming up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for someone who's so lazy, you sure accomplish a lot. Well, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I, pick your battles. That's what I say. Pick your battles. <laughs> Efficiency. That's what you're going for. It's just <laughs> quick ease. I just want, I don't want... I don't want making art to be very complicated. That's why I never became much of a painter because it takes so mm -hmm. many years of technique building to be able to be a good painter. And I, I just, with my, with my camera, I pull it out and I, it's a painting, you know, right there without having to do any of the painting. You know, uh, did you, I'm wondering about, um, when did you transition from film to into the digital world? Oh, wow. Cause what I'm wondering about is, you know, just this personally happened with me, I've lost some years because that digital format early on really is nothing now. It's really, it just looks terrible and you sort of can't, it's useful for snapshots, but not for anything else. I'm wondering if you had the same experience or. I just remember when that, I don't, it was, I think it was called F-Stop downtown. Mm -hmm. yeah. There was a photo show. You could take your stuff in to get developed. And then there was another one um, right next to the Valentine building and that you could go in. And then when they closed. And you couldn't develop anymore in Juno, and you had to send your stuff out. I did send my stuff out for a while, and then then it just yeah took over because then the, they stopped. I, I mean, I held out until they pretty much stopped developing. I mean, you can there's a few places you can develop film now, it's but hard though. Yeah. the harder it got, the more I said, okay, I'm just going to go over right. digital. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it sounds like really you're someone who. Almost it, that doesn't worry you that much. It seems like you're not, you know, there's a lot of artists you would talk to that like that would almost stop them from creating because they would just say, well, this is so compromised. I can't do it. But for you, it's just capturing that fleeting kind of image you see or a pattern you see, that kind of thing. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's the image. It's It really isn't the equipment or even the – for some people it is, and I'm not saying – it should be the same for everybody. But for me, it's just seeing my, you know, capturing something that compositionally looks really interesting to me, like a bunch of circles and squares or negative and positive space or something. That's what's important is the image and not all the rest. Yeah. So, right. so interesting. Well, it is um, It's qu quite Quite cool. You're in the Davis Gallery over in the Centennial Hall. What a what a what a cool space. I feel very, very appreciative to the Juno Arts and Humanities Council for allowing me to show in their gallery there. And, and um how like, sort of I'm just sort of wondering how big of a space is it that you're kind of working with there? It's one wall and they told me the dimensions at some point. I can see in my head, but it's it's one one long wall. And they just said, "There, there's your space, and go for it." And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. My my friends came, and there's a, there's a grand piano there. So one one of my friends was playing piano and writing the like um, photo hanging show blues on the piano <laughs> while the, me and my other friend were 
hanging and it trying doesn't surprise to me that music was involved in, <laughs> it was, in it was this totally, yeah. we were all jamming sitting on the couch there we took a few hours and That's it was great. a fun it was a fun event to hang That's the show great. Well, Terry Tibbet, uh, so great to talk to you. Always my friend. And um, photographs by Terry Tibbet, Norte y Sur, North and South. It's uh, going to be hanging uh, through March 23rd, but tonight's the night for the first Friday reception and uh, happening over at the Davis Gallery in Centennial Hall. If you haven't been into Centennial Hall since it's been remodeled, do yourself a favor and go check it out and check out Terry's beautiful photographs. Terry, thanks so much. So great to talk to you and see you. And uh, congratulations on your your exhibit Great. at the Davis Gallery. Thanks, Andy. Okay. Welcome back to Studio 2K, KTOO. Your host, Andy Klein, for Juno Afternoon. And joining me next is someone who's got a really interesting approach to what to do on First Friday. Tina Halverson is here from the Juno Artist Gallery. Tina, thanks so much for coming in. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Great to see you here. And um, I just got to say, you are dressed to the nines as uh, someone ready to give out Free, free? Yes, free. Free Valentine's as part of the Valentine's Love Fest at the Juno Artist Gallery. I love this. No strings attached. So it's a really fun, interesting concept that it sounds like it's something you've been kind of developing and working on for a number of years, um, with especially with another friend of yours in particular. So tell me a little bit about the background to this idea of developing Valentine's Day cards for people as part of an artistic kind of endeavor. Well, so I was selling a chair on Craigslist years ago in Montana, and then it's just kind of how it seems to happen that I make friends with whoever I sell something to on Craigslist. So we kind of spitballed the idea of doing free Valentine's on the street. She was a writer. <laughs> oh, um, okay. I'm a dental hygienist. Okay. <laughs> um, but we decided to set up a card table in Montana. It's uh, 20 degrees there in February usually, and we... We stayed in character. We dressed like secretaries from the 1940s and we typed free Valentines for people. It might have been a little off putting to somebody that's on their way to the bank because we were dressed like cheeky secretaries uh -huh. from the 1940s. <laughs> but um, once people kind of stopped and said, oh, there's no strings attached. Um, and they just had a ball. We typed wedding proposals. We typed all kinds of stuff. And it's really so. So it involves a, a vintage typewriter that you're typing on, but it also sort of a mixed media of what's happening on the cards that I saw online. So describe a little bit about what your some of your inspiration is behind developing the cards. I just I love junk stores. I love recycling. <laughs> um, I love little plastic cowboys. You know anything I can find to get my hands on. Um, I like to repurpose things. So they're kind of mixed media, 3D, but just kind of stuff that I've uh, loved from garage sales over the summer. So when people walk up and they see you and they say, well, I'd love to have a Valentine, is it, do they sort of pick out the card and then a message or do you develop the message for them or tell me how that works? We can go either way. If you want to dictate what you want your message to say, we can do it and I can help prompt too. Um, sometimes I just type stuff from all the love nonsense that's in my head. Um, and sometimes I just type some and just have them sitting out ready to go. So they will be sitting there in a pile. If you don't make it down tonight, there'll be a pile for free Valentine's up until Valentine's Day. And how long does this process, if I, we walk, I walk up and I say, okay, let's do this. Is this a, is this a five minute process? Is it, yeah, about a five minute process. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds amazing. Cause you get something personally made a one of a kind Valentines. Now, do you do you have any stories about people who've actually, in fact, used these Valentines and have good results or anything like that? Or 
Well, the wedding proposal was pretty cute because oh. uh, he wanted he was going to propose at a winery and he wanted something comparing her to a fine wine. And so we went through this whole poem and wrote this whole deal. Um, he proposed to her at a winery in Montana. And apparently she said, yes, oh, that's good. But we also volunteered our services for the guest book to be the secretaries at the wedding to type up the guest book. But we never heard back from him. Oh, it would have been a really good. That time. would have been excellent. I can't believe they didn't take you up on that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a lost opportunity for them. Well. But you know. mostly it's just, you know, it's about making people smile, making people laugh, making people chuckle when they see some of the crazy nonsense. That's what it's about. It's fun. It's just for fun. And uh, it's thankfully in this weather, you'll be set up inside, right, in the kind of the main main area right in front of the artist gallery. Will you, will you be inside the Juno Artist Gallery? I will be inside the Juno Artist Gallery. I'm not going to be roughing it on the mean streets oh. like I did in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on up. Be a lot to ask. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, that's really cool. Well, well, um, um, and to tell me a little bit about your the friend that you developed this with. I mean, that's such a cool story in a way. And in fact, one time she actually came up here, am I right? And writes about it online a little bit. I just she, stumbled upon that in some of the material you sent. She wrote a couple of great articles for uh, Strong Town. She was um, a writer for them, doing essays for about a year. Um, she wrote some really beautiful ones. Kind of exposed some of my craft, wizardry and nonsense of how I live in my home <laughs> with bandsaws in the kitchen and stuff like <laughs> I saw, that. I saw some frozen pizza maybe on this in one picture. Yeah, <laughs> But she's just a really excellent writer and, you know, I just thought one year, I was like, we haven't done it for a while. And she was sad when I left Montana because we did it for five years running there. So I just used my Sky Miles and bought her a ticket last minute. And she came the next day and we did Valentine's at the Wearable Arts. So it was a fun reunion. She's never been to Juno, So we had a great time. She wrote a great piece about just someone arriving in Juno and her impressions of Juno. It was very cool. Yeah. yeah. I love the... Uh, I had boots that fit her, the extra toughs, and she was like, yep, I'm wearing the same thing everybody else is. There we go. Yeah, fit right in. She's one of us. Yeah, exactly. So um, you mentioned wearable arts. Do you have, is there anything else this year planned for this uh, outlet, or this, this is pretty much it? If you want this, you got to go tonight. Well, yeah, and then I'll have a bunch typed up. I did crank out about 125 Valentines on Tuesday night, so um, I will have a stack of them just on the tables there. So if you guys don't make it down tonight, I'll have that table stocked until Valentine's Day. So just help yourself. All right, sounds great. And it's um, once again at the ground floor of the Senate Building at 175 South Franklin. You can come meet Tina for first Friday, and you're just going to start. Well, you're starting just. You got to get over there about a half hour, right? Yeah, it's about four thirty or the, so. Might stop at the Triangle first. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> what what a, what a 1940 secretary would do. Absolutely, <laughs> that's in character. That's no problem there. And there's going to be some treats provided as well. I think yeah. That um, I didn't get anything done because I'm a deadbeat. But um, <laughs> the rest of the people from the gallery, I think, have brought maybe a few cookies and treats for everybody. So. And then just one other thing I wanted to touch on is that you also you also show some of your other work at the gallery as well. So tell me about what other work that you do. So I enjoy like making kind of mixed media pieces. Um, wood burning is my passion. Like that is the funnest thing to do. I cut out wood burn pieces and make three dimensional art with women holding cameras or binoculars. Uh, what? No, I, I don't quite understand that. You cut out wood burning pieces. What do you mean yeah, by that? Yeah, so I wood burn like a piece and then I'll take a bandsaw and I'll cut it out. So, oh, I see. And then I'll place it on the canvas, but I rig it up so everything's kind of three dimensional. So the girl might be holding a book, but it's sticking out from the canvas and there might be a bird sitting on her head or who knows. Like, But I did do my favorite piece that I did was an octopus um, and it was about 
40 inches long and I saved halibut and salmon vertebrae and cleaned them off the beach and then cut them carefully in half so I don't cut off my fingers um, and made suctions for all the octopus tentacle out of those beautiful vertebrae. So it's wow. fun to take stuff and just, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of like a magpie. If I see something shiny, I'm going to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> and um, is that, is, is working with actual elements of fish and that kind of thing, something you had done before? Or is that just a, that was just an experiment and no, an inspiration you had here? I was just wandering on the beach one day and I saw, you know, down at Fisherman's Bend, some vertebrae. And I thought, oh my God, they're beautiful. When you look at them, they look like Delicate they have tree and, rings. Yeah, yeah right. they're right. just beautiful. And it makes a perfect octopus suction. So it's just fun to see things and go, hmm. That vacuum cleaner, that hose, somebody goes, well, I wonder if that vacuum works. And I look at it and go, that looks like an elephant trunk. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, don't lose that. That's right. Well, um, and then I'm just interested in this preparation with the fishmen. Do you like boil them or something first? Yeah, and, yeah I cleaned like, them and yeah, hair developer and then like, yeah. All um, that. Yeah, all that. Disinfection. They're and, pretty yeah. well cleaned for the most part, just picked over by the birds. In the totally. Sea. But yeah. I did, yeah, clean them like a taxidermist. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so that's one thing. But then uh, I also understand you make jewelry. I make jewelry and I like to sew and I don't know, just all kinds of stuff. And it's, how long have you been uh, been showing at the Juno Artist Gallery? I just joined in March um, and it has been such a blessing and so much fun for me talking to the tourists this time of year is really fun because you get the locals and they might come visit with you for about 40 minutes right <laughs> and it's wonderful the stories it's just yeah it's a blast and it's fun to see those tourists with those childlike eyes just wowed by did being you get here. to work down did you work down at the gallery some during the season yes, yeah it was a lot of fun yeah i mean it can be hectic but also um yeah like you say it's great you know when when you the the tourists it was seen as a whole big group can be intimidating but every single person that you meet is great oh, seems absolutely. like right you know when you meet people individually they're all great it's fun to love on those people because they're pretty darn excited i even took a couple of them and just said get in the car let's go so i took them <laughs> i took them out to the glacier i took them to the dye pack and my boyfriend said what are you doing who are these people right. <laughs> <laughs> and they told me all their stories and you know, they were so excited as the wife was in the back seat telling stories about how her husband had uh, renewed their wedding vows on the cruise ship with the captain. And she's weeping in the back seat Aww. as I'm driving to the glacier. And then my boyfriend gets in. And I said, tell that story one more yeah, time right. again. <laughs> with some feeling because he needs to hear it. This is good. <laughs> a little ammo there. Yeah. So I'm going to make a plan to probably maybe just pick up a couple roundos every year and take them around. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's going to go well. I hope it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Yeah. Well, uh, Tina Halverson, great to talk to you and great to meet you. And um, uh, multimedia artist Tina Halverson is the featured artist of the month for February at the Juno Artist Gallery. And um, you're going to be out there this afternoon and evening typing up and creating and putting the finishing touches on custom Valentine's cards as a free service for people. Yes. That, that, does, that, that part to me, I... You got to start taking money for this. No. No? That's the, no. the whole principle of this is about providing the free service. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fun to show people some love. Maybe you don't have the love of a good romance in your life, but you always have the love or the romance of maybe a good friendship. 
or the love of a good dog. Who knows, you know, but it's just about sharing the love. That's nice. Well, it's a nice, nice sentiment and a great time of year to have that. It's the uh, interactive First Friday free Valentine's Love Fest at the Juno Artist Gallery. And it's all typed out on an old typewriter. And if you want more information on what you do, it's tailfeathersjewelry.instagram. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, you can find out more about Tail Feathers Jewelry and more about Tina Halverson's work there. Tina, great to meet you. Thanks for coming in and uh, have a have a great, great show at the Juno Artist Gallery. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And that's going to do it for Juno Afternoon. Broadcast live on KTOO 104.3 FM online at KTOO.org. And rebroadcast on this station at 7 o'clock. For more information on the show or to listen to past shows, you can go to KTOO.org slash Juno Afternoon. Boston Christopher is our producer. We had help today from Aaron Tripp. Our theme music is by Indian Agent. I'm Andy Klein, your host for today. Until next time, thanks for joining the conversation and from all of us at KTO. Have a great weekend.